0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Monday podcast. I'm your host Kirsten Quigley. If you listened to our last episode, you know that we talked about Palestine and Israel and the history of it and all of things that have to do with that from the point of view of a Palestinian American and from me just in American Girl. And now we're also going to we're still going to be talking about that topic. But instead of the historical and current events, current events will obviously still be it'll all be relevant. But you already heard all the history of that the timeline of everything. Um, so now we're just going to talk about some other topics that are relevant and maybe give a little more ease to understanding the situation and just seeing it from another point of view of understanding. So we have Dania here again. So welcome, Dania. Hi, happy to be here. And so, like I said last time, if you listened, Dania is very big on her own platform, educating everybody about Palestine and Israel and what's happening. And something she's brought up was comparing it to the Black Lives Matter movement. So we're going to talk about that. And then social media and silence. And then most importantly, what can we do about all of this? So now we've learned everything. We've compared it to some other things. What are we going to do? How are we going to be citizens doing the correct thing and moving forward real life activism what can we do about it
1: hi mom
0: so without further ado dania if you want to explain how when you compared it to the black lives matter movement which was talked about a little bit in the other episode too with the black panther party yeah um so yeah, I'll hand over the mic if you want to go ahead and explain that and tell us about it. So
1: that. the two main groups here that I'll help you understand a little bit is there are the oppressors and they're the oppressed. So I tell people, if you are pro-Black Lives Matter, you are pro-Palestine. If you are anti-ethnic cleansing, you are pro-Palestine. If you are anti-occupation of a land that doesn't belong to you, you're pro-Palestine. So when we look back on the events of history, we see a theme of people in power versus people with less power and this then becomes a power struggle of oppression versus the oppressed so black people historically have always fallen victim to oppression there was the slave trade there was slavery and then after that there was the civil rights movement where they were fighting just to be equal with other people which is insane in and of itself but it's essentially what's going on in Palestine. So we have the oppressor, Israel, and we have the oppressed, which are the Palestinian people. This is, I don't want to say more extreme by any means because I didn't live to see slavery, but I have seen Django Unchained and it changed me for good. So slavery, bad. Okay. With Israel and Palestine, Israel has always, always had the power. They have The power, not just right now, but they have always had the power. They monitor like the water, like everybody gets every unit of like houses gets like a certain amount of water. And if they run out of water, then they just have to wait till they can like re-up. So they control the water. They control the electricity. They can cut off the electricity at any point if they want to, which I have literally lived through. They monitor, like, they have essentially the right to do whatever they want. They can, like, show up to your house. I mean, clearly, we see they could show up to your house and be like, Hey, I like this place. I'm going to stay here now. And they're like, This is my house. And they're like, Not anymore. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a power struggle between the oppressor and the oppressed. And with the Black Lives Matter movement, we saw in the headlines, like we saw the stories of like, oh, there was a crazy protest and people are looting and setting fire to things and blah, blah, blah. And they're acting like it's not in response to years and years and years of being oppressed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden, I'm seeing black people. Who stood with the Black Lives Matter movement, aka LeBron James, I'm looking at you. And then now we see them standing with Israel or staying silent on the topic, which Mm -hmm. both of those things don't make any sense to me. I I just don't understand it because your people have fallen victim to years and years of oppression. And in retaliation, you have been called terrorist. You have been silenced. You have fallen victim to police brutality, like essentially militia brutality. And now all of a sudden you you stand with the oppressor. That doesn't make any sense. So I use the, the Black Lives Matter movement as an example because it really it I use two really big examples. I use the Christopher Columbus narrative and I use the Black Lives Matter narrative. And the reason why I use the Christopher Columbus narrative is because it makes me feel like it really ties everything together when we realize that Christopher Columbus used to be in school like this hero that we like made a little rhyme about. Uh And we had like literally... I I'm pretty sure I have a picture of my classroom where half of us are dressed as dressed, Indians, Yes. And the other half of us are dressed as pilgrims. Yeah. So we learn in school, Christopher Columbus did this great thing. He came to America, discovered America. Then he sat down, had a peace treaty, sat down with the native Americans and we have Thanksgiving. And then I don't even know, like what five or six years ago, maybe is when the narrative came out, they were like, so actually, here's what really happened. Mm-hmm. Christopher Columbus was a colonizer. Christopher Columbus came and brought diseases purposely mm-hmm. onto these people. He raped them. He killed them. And on top of that, stole their land. And like I said before, now we we have reparations for Native Americans where they can live tax-free. They live on reservations. They can, like, practice whatever it is that they were doing before we got here and now that we pay them reparations it does two things it kind of deflects the responsibility but in a way in my opinion it also like it makes them look guilty like it's like hey we did this really terrible thing and we're gonna pay you for it but like we're not gonna like really talk about it right it's the easy way out yeah. So with Christopher Columbus narrative, it it really pulls everything in where it's like we learned something and it was wrong and now we recognize that it was wrong and here's the real story. So if you're anti-colonialism and anti-Christopher Columbus, you're pro Palestine. If you are anti what Christopher Columbus did to the Native Americans, you're pro Palestine. But essentially what Christopher Columbus did to the Native Americans is what Israel's doing to Palestine. But on top of that, there has been 70 historical years of this oppression taking place where the oppressor has control over the resources of who they're living under. Mm-hmm. And I just don't even know how anybody would think that that's like a fair fight by any means. right. What do you mean like, they have U.S. funding, and on top of that, they can per- they can let people die of starvation and, and thirst. I saw a cat who was so thirsty because they cut water. If you can't feel for the women and children and and innocent men who are dying, just know there are cats and dogs as well out there yeah. and animals are they hamas anyways so with the black lives matter movement stuff it's more just like this the black lives matter movement narrative brings everything together because we saw we witnessed seven minutes of that cop kneeling on george floyd's neck and him saying i can't breathe i can't breathe and there was an outpour of support because what the cop did was very wrong by the way for those of you who don't know the idf trains us police force Mm -hmm. so that same cop who kneeled on george floyd's neck was trained by the same people who are oppressing and killing palestinians modern day so the same thing with like brianna taylor how they killed her in her house Mm -hmm. and and the entire thing was like, they went into the wrong house and they killed the wrong person. So we're watching history repeat itself. Repeat itself, yeah. And we're like, oh my God, how could we let this happen? It's because you're not saying or doing anything to not let it happen. And we see, then we read the headlines, protest out of hand, but we're not like, we're not reading that this is in response to years of this taking mm-hmm. place. Mm -hmm. Years of police brutality, years of us oppressing Black people, never giving them the same opportunities, just in general, like people of color all around don't have the same opportunities. And that's what this protest is about. And that's what they're missing here. They're missing the point that October 7th wasn't the first time that Hamas attacked. It wasn't some random ass attack that took place some day. It yeah. was an attack that took place after years and years and years of being oppressed, years and years and years living under occupation in a place where the occupier has the power over everything. It's a modern day concentration camp over there. Yeah. People are being sentenced to death without knowing. And the craziest part is that, like, even Hitler put sign gas chamber, you're yeah. going to die. Yeah. And they're bombing hospitals. And it's like, it just doesn't, it doesn't entirely make sense. I actually just read a tweet that was like, the doctors in the hospital that they just, like a couple days ago, they said, evacuate this hospital because Hamas is in there and they're going to, we're going to bomb the hospital. There are doctors going on, on live on Instagram to prove that there's not Hamas there just so they won't bomb the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. But like like, to take these measures when you don't even know if you're going to live or die in the next five minutes is so crazy. And it's it's unfair and it's unjust. And that's what all of this is about. Now they're starting to like label people who are protesting for Palestine as terrorists. They're like pro Hamas. So they're essentially pro terrorism, Mm -hmm. which is a crazy narrative to publish. It's crazy, crazy. And when all the Black Lives Matter stuff was happening, we read one headline. then a couple of days later, it comes out like, oh, this is actually what this is about. Breonna Taylor was killed in her home and they were just trying. I don't even know what story they used to cover that up. But then a couple of days later, it was like, well, actually, we went into the wrong house and we killed the wrong person. Mm -hmm. It's too late at that point. It's too late for you to say, hey, sorry, she's dead. Yeah. Like same with George Floyd. Like what, what justification do you use for like, while somebody's screaming at you, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. What justification then do you have for killing somebody? And at what point do you draw the line? Like at what point is somebody who is evading arrest, like lead to police killing somebody. And it's the same thing here at what point and for how long, do people have to die and live under occupation where they can are, are allowed to retaliate and fight back that's what everybody's missing for some reason and the reason that they're missing it is because that is how they're publishing it and my entire point in all of this is that if you stand with black lives matter you are equating your values and your and mm-hmm. and what you have with the oppressed people. You realize that it's wrong to be historically oppressed and you realize that sometimes backlash is understandable and it's an appropriate response because of how long this has been taking place. And it's just, we're constantly, constantly watching history repeat itself.
0: So I think you, in the
1: few seconds,
0: just explaining the two groups, the oppressed and the oppressors, and just knowing that Black Lives Matter Christopher Columbus, Native Americans, Palestine and Israel, all three of those things have both groups, yeah. right? And so, I mean, if that doesn't like kind of instantly just make sense, I hope that the rest puts it in perspective. But then going off of that too, because with backlash to all of these things like Black Lives Matter and with Palestine and Israel, there's there was all lives matter and there's neutrality. And so my perspective, talking from like the Black Lives Matter movement, because when that was all going on, I stood with Black Lives Matter and I had many conversations with people who were All Lives Matter. And I had to say like, no one said that white lives matter, white lives don't matter. But this group of people-
1: Right now. Needs it,
0: right, needs it more right yeah. now. And that's what we're supporting. And so same thing yes. with Palestine and Israel. Yes. No one's saying that Israel should be the one- getting bombed or or but like flipped like it should be reversed like yeah no one's saying that either but it's like Palestine needs us right now and especially if you're an american and you're gonna sit here and say like oh it's happening overseas why should i worry about it yeah we can go ahead and and get into this now the actual impacts that america is having on this war with
1: our tax dollars yes our tax our tax dollars fund genocide joe biden pledged 14 i want to say billion but maybe it's million to israel aid Mm -hmm. aid from what they don't need aid from anything but also all this money that we shovel into militia we could be putting it so many other places like i'm pretty sure i read somewhere that it would cost 25 million dollars to like solve world hunger
0: yeah, I saw a few things like that, too. And going off of that, like, if you are an American and you could care less about what's happening overseas, you should at least care about you. The fact that, yeah, that and the fact that America is throwing out all this fucking money that we could be using for our own people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, stand for America and, and be so patriotic. But then to watch our U.S. dollars go somewhere else when we clearly need it. Yeah. Clearly, there there is a list of things we can name that could use that money so easily and to watch it go over somewhere else. like That is a reason you should be pissed. If you want to say that's overseas, that's not my problem, then you should at least be pissed that what's happening in our own country that is getting sent overseas, you should be pissed about that. Yeah. and That should be an uprising itself, especially for people who are very patriotic and I constantly see posting about. The American dollar and different things like that. And if you were playing kind of neutral, maybe now you can understand. You know, like this is this is what's happening because also playing neutral. If you wanna, if you were about to go on that, you can go ahead and.
1: If you take a position of neutrality in the face of injustice, you are siding with the oppressor. You are siding by staying silent. You are siding with the people who are silencing the oppressed and while our tax dollars and and yes it does have everything to do with us because we are indirectly against our will because it's illegal to Mm -hmm. not pay taxes Mm -hmm. indirectly funding genocide which is a crazy thing to think about yeah it's crazy I don't know how anybody can look at the situation and be like that has nothing to do with me Mm -hmm. but there are six-year-olds that are the sole survivors of their entire families like yeah. we're talking their cousins are dead their aunts are dead their mom dad brothers sisters everyone's dead they're the only survivor how at six years old are you supposed to carry on knowing that you are the only survivor of your entire bloodline at that point point? and if you have nieces and nephews if you have kids if you know somebody who's carrying. I mean, there's no way that you could like look at these kids and be like, that has nothing to do with me. Because do you have kids that you care about? Do you have family members that you care about? Can you imagine at six years old having to like, take on the survivor's guilt? I can't imagine it because I have survivor's guilt from living in America. Like, I see people dying in my country that's like not even my native country, mm-hmm. but I'm seeing these people die, and I'm just like, how every day can I just like get in my car mm-hmm. and like drive to wherever and like know that I'm gonna be safe? Like, how could I feed this guy and and be like, yeah? I mean, this cat lives like a king. Yeah, the people of Gaza are they're kin. They're literally people that are dying. And it gives me so much survivor's guilt. Like I can't, it's literally like, I can't even really function without thinking this is not fair. Yeah. So how, I don't know how anybody, do you not have grandmas that you care about or like parents or like, do you not know any innocent person who has been victim of injustice? And like, how could you, when they're being silenced their internet and communication to the outside world is cut. Mm -hmm. They literally, like, the news source that is reporting from Palestine is only working because they're on satellite, so they have to, like, bring their own stuff to be able to report. But outside of that, there's a complete blackout. And also in America, we have the freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. In, in the Middle East and even in Europe, they have like very limited things that they can say and do. In, in the Middle East, they have limited rights as to what they can say and what they can do. Here in America, we don't have that. And yeah. even though we have the freedom of speech, there's still shadow banning people like mm-hmm. they're shadow banning people for for speaking out and being pro-palestine which is so crazy because that means that they're now infringing on our first amendment rights as mm-hmm. Americans you want me to serve in jury duty but you want to like infringe on my rights as an American yeah. citizen that doesn't make any sense but it's not just like regular schmegular people getting shadow banned like Kailani has been a Palestinian ad advocate and she's being shadow banned Mm -hmm. she's talking about being shadow banned which is crazy because she's a celebrity so like it really makes you realize that they're they're not excluding anybody but that's mostly because mark zuckerberg owns meta which is facebook and instagram and he is a zionist through and through did not know that yes so he is shadow banning people. It's his algorithm that's shadow banning people. And wow. it's very, very deliberate. There have been reports, like supposedly people who had, I think it was Alhamdulillah, which is all thanks be to God. In mm. Arabic, in their bio, when when you clicked see translation, it would say something like, I'm a terrorist. <gasps> and it was like accidental. And I was like, this is an... 818 billion dollar company there's no such thing as an accident dude right there's no such thing oh my god it was like an entire day where every time you click see translation on that Arabic like word it it translated to I'm a terrorist which is it, it's just insane. And then they're claiming that it's like- And an if
0: if it was an accent, like to be that niche, are you kidding me? Right. Like somebody on.
1: went in there and honestly, Zuckerberg probably approved it. He was like, oh,
0: that's funny. Click, mm-hmm. approve. Something else too, that if you want to care about Americans, there's Americans, which I read, which if you don't know my background from school and everything is tourism. I focus on travel a lot. There are mm-hmm. Americans stuck that were stuck in Israel from an article I read. There are Americans stuck in Israel that obviously are like wanting to get back to America. And for one, it was taking forever. I don't even know where these people are actually at right now. I don't know if they're still stuck there. I don't know if they're back here, but anyways, and there was an article that read that there's going to be planes sending out there. They're only allowed to have a 35 pound bag. If they have animals, no pets are allowed on the flight. So your animals stuck in Israel sucks for you. Damn. And three, You must pay the government back for this flight. And I thought that was insane.
1: Just the fact that they're supposedly rescuing these people and then they have to pay the government back. Pay the government back. I thought that was nuts. Yeah so like for a government that like cares so much about their people
0: exactly that is that's exactly my point is like
1: and if they can fund literally war Mm -hmm. you can fund a flight home for one of your for your civilians
0: civilians yeah
1: who pay taxes Mm -hmm. by the way exactly
0: so why that was my point
1: yeah so if you still find nothing
0: to be pissed about
1: yeah. Why are we funding genocide yeah. when we should be funding, like, saving our people? Mm-hmm. The other day I saw, I, I do want to talk about this, I saw mm-hmm. Amy Schumar made a post. Thank you, Mr. President, for your hard at work in getting our hostages back. When Mr. President doesn't even want to get his own civilians back. The people on this list, very specific people on the list because they're black chris rock which really really will smith should have slapped you a little bit harder to get mm-hmm. some sense into you because what are we talking about and you're thanking joe biden for freeing israeli hostages that first of all he do- joe biden personally does not give a shit about those hostages right but more right. specifically israel really doesn't give a shit about those hostages because like i said before hamas was literally like will release the hostages, mm-hmm. stop bombing civilians. And they said, nah, we good. Yeah, they literally you, said, no. You could keep them. Yeah. The lady who was freed talked about how there were dead hostages. And she very specifically said the Israeli military killed those hostages. Their she was people. like, their yes, own their own people. Own people. Yeah. Because they were trying to get to Hamas. But she said there was like 18 dead hostages. And the interviewer was like, do you think this was done by Israel? And she was like, undoubtedly, this was done by Israel. They just were killing everybody. And she said to them in Hebrew, like, stop shooting. I'm here. And then she said, there's no Hamas here. Stop killing. So they're killing their own people. They don't give a shit about those hostages, bro. They -hmm. don't give a shit about hostages. So if you take anything away from this episode, from these two episodes, Let it be that this is not about Hamas. They're not bombing Gaza because of Hamas. Like, it is not because of Hamas anymore. Like, they're killing civilians because they want to get rid of the population. There was a Jewish Zionist Israeli who posted on his private Instagram account that they are making city plans of what they're going to build once Gaza is leveled out. Yeah, I did see that actually. I could not believe that because that is so disgusting. And you can't make that shit up. No, like, you can't. I tried to go proof to his account. In the picture, it's proof in yeah. the post. Like I tried to go to his account and it was private and I was like, "Wow." So, on top of that, they're bombing like hospitals and stuff and then like whoever is running the Israeli Twitter account, please please get a life. i haven't seen it much first of all they like attacked bella hadid for speaking out and being pro-palestine like at bella hadid how could you like that's terrifying girl because like what are you doing with your time right what are you doing then they come out they make these posts where they like they said that the the christian hospital that they bombed on day like three or four Mm -hmm. they came out and they said Due to the fact that the hospital has run out of resources, we've decided to give them a mercy killing. So that's why we bombed the hospital. Then when it was reported like publicly, it came out and like it was starting to pick up speed. They deleted that post. It was a Facebook post. They deleted the post and then they started to say Hamas bombed the hospital.
0: Right. I, I saw a lot of that and that all confused me. I didn't really get into it. And Rolling right into just social media. Yeah. I'll start with this too. It's like, it's me personally, it's so hard to know who to believe and what's real and what's not when you are, when you're so uneducated about something and you want to, you know, like get involved and and understand. It's so hard to only use social media and only use headlines. I've done this before with a few things where I, I would, I like saw something and I was always so quick to post. And then I remember one time somebody like, slid up and they were like hey just letting you know like this is from 2014 and this company doesn't operate like that anymore because it was about like it was like something environmental and Mm -hmm. environmental and so then I kind of looked like an asshole you know for yeah reposting that but this just goes to say like it's so hard to like kind of see you see who to believe so again please do your research beyond yes the post and beyond the headlines yes
1: yes because when we have world leaders like Genocide Joe coming out and saying these mm-hmm. things, like I said, like lying directly to our nation, which is is so insane and so, so disgusting. I can't even... My biggest thing was like, how could they lie? How could they go on, on camera and like tell these lies? And then there are hate crimes taking place across America. And it's because he is indirectly saying like he's instilling fear in our nation Mm -hmm. and people who are stupid are gonna like literally the six-year-old boy who died in chicago i mean that was indirectly supported by joe biden because Mm -hmm. he is telling people palestinians Mm -hmm. are terrorists Mm -hmm. palestinians Mm -hmm. are this palestinians are that and then he's gonna run it back and he's gonna be like let me just make it clear that not all palestinians are terrorists it's too late, brother. Yeah. It is too late. A six year old is dead. Mm-hmm. So, to print now this narrative that, like, Israel, essentially the US, is defending itself against these terrorists is so easy to believe mm-hmm. because we've been printing this for years. Mm-hmm. Since 2001, we have been printing this Middle Eastern people are terrorists, which makes it then hard to believe that there are Palestinians who are Christian. Palestinians who are agnostic, Palestinians who are Muslim, Palestinians who are Jewish. It's hard for them to believe. It's hard for them to to even think about it. Yeah. It's just so easy to believe the narrative that Mm -hmm. Middle Eastern people are terrorists israel is defending itself against terror which is why it's so important to do your research yeah which can
0: also if i'm wrong correct me but like can kind of go back to the comparison of knowing what you know right Mm -hmm. so like speaking of israelis and knowing that they're going to grow up and be militia yeah military you can say the same for americans growing up only knowing what they know like Yes. People who decide to stick to only maybe their hometown. And I'm not right. saying like, I don't want to get into that, but the people who stick to like the tunnel. Yes,
1: history. it's it's groupthink. It's yeah. like this is what we know. And then everything from that point is just gonna become like a confirmation bias where mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. you're gonna look for things that align with your values yeah, and what you sell exactly. and what you're taught. That's exactly. why it's a very, very important that when somebody tries to like come at you because they're pro Israel, it's, a you have to choose your words very, very specifically. Because if you say something that would make them like question their beliefs, Mm -hmm. or something like that, at least they'll be able to like sit there and think about it. Mm -hmm. because You're not going to have a very long conversation with this person. Because like I said, They're not looking to be educated. They're looking to defend what's wrong. And you know what? The craziest part about all of this is that I do understand for an Israeli to turn around and be like, yeah, actually this is messed up. It would have to be taking responsibility for something that's really, really messed up. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, we killed somebody by accident. It's like we're we're killing an entire lineage of people like we're erasing them off the map and that is a really hard thing to like come into and take responsibility for
0: yeah and this just also goes to show that like if if you weren't already motivated to look past the headlines i know we keep referring to that but that's just the easiest way to put it this is literally like our plea to please please do your research and look beyond it because social media is so constructed is that the right word like especially with the algorithm and stuff like people are being silenced you Mm -hmm. you make your own algorithm so just like you said with that bias it's like your algorithm will filter to what you believe and it's it's always good to question things and to test your knowledge so something else too Dania is Palestinian American if you have anything that you would like to share or experience you've been through Because maybe some people need to hear like a real life experience, given that you may have some personal experiences. Yeah, go ahead and share.
1: There's a big thing where it's like, if it can happen to them, it can happen to me. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when I tell you that they control everything, I have literally lived through it firsthand. So when we go to visit, I haven't been in a very long time but I think the last time I went was in like 2006. So I was six years old. And when you go, because my mom is a Palestinian citizen, Mm -hmm. she is on record as a Palestinian citizen. Mm -hmm. So we, in the past, we are allowed to now, there's an airport in Tel Aviv that Palestinian citizens were not allowed to fly into because they have, trouble monitoring people coming in and out when they go through the airport. Well, not anymore. Don't you worry because they set up a checkpoint anyways. So when we were younger, my mom by herself traveling with three kids, my younger sister had just been born. Mm -hmm. So she was like a year old. And my older sister was at the time, like 13 or 14. My mom travels with three kids we went from Raleigh to New York, and then from New York to Jordan, okay. Because we couldn't fly directly into Palestine. Palestine, interesting. So we land in Jordan. We take a bus from the from Jordan to the border of Palestine, where they have a checkpoint outside the West Bank.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And from there, we are sat in like customs, mm-hmm. but not because. This facility is controlled by the Israeli military. And basically, it's so that they can monitor everybody who's coming in and out. So but, to clarify, it's
0: you're getting it. you're trying to get into Palestine, yes, and it's controlled by Israel,
1: yes. So they set up like a checkpoint at the border so that they know who's coming in and out. Mm -hmm. But this facility is so nasty. It's so hot in there. Mm. It's so sticky. There's so many people. The the seats haven't been cleaned probably in like forever, like since Mm -hmm. they built the facility. And what they do is they take your name. They take your passport. Why are you here? Why are you visiting? Who are you staying with? Who? who's covering for you at work, at home, like how long will you be here? And they just like question you and then they interrogate you because they see every Palestinian citizen as like somebody who's attempting to start an uprising because mm-hmm. they're so put off by Palestinian citizens because that's how they're ra- they're raised to mm-hmm. fear us. So my mom who has been traveling, keep in mind for like 20 hours at this point mm-hmm. and She has three kids and we're just literally trying to get to my grandmother's house. Like we're here to start like an uprising or anything like that. And what they do is they give my mom, I don't know how she managed to do this, but she essentially was like, she's with me, the one-year-old. She's like, she's with me. Please let my girls see Palestine. That's like all they want to do. So they stamp my mom's passport with what they call a hawiya, which is a Palestinian passport so they put a stamp in in her passport but not in me and my older sister so my mom and my younger sister got it and me and my older sister didn't mostly because my mom was just like please just like let them see palestine like let them see the oxam as and like let them see like just let them be tourists in in their land like yeah yeah and because my younger sister was so young they I guess deemed my mom responsible for her and my sister responsible for me and they like didn't give us the Palestinian passport so me and my sister that year got to go see the dome of the rock and like all this holy land but even then every time we would enter like a territory it was Like me and my family, keep in mind, there's like, I don't know, 12 of us on a bus trying to just go see the Dome of the Rock. Uh And there is a military personnel who walks onto the bus carrying like an AK-47 or whatever, Uh dressed head to toe and is like searching the bus and is like looking under the seats and like checking our passports. And like they, like when I say they monitor everybody who passes through They do, like everybody, everything. And they make you in this in the checkpoint, not the bus, but in the checkpoint when we initially entered Palestine, we're sitting here for hours waiting for them to verify that we're going to stay with my grandma. If my grandma doesn't answer the phone, we're screwed. And we're waiting for her to answer the phone. If my grandma's story doesn't match up with ours, we're being turned away, like we can't enter. And there are people who are turned away. And I remember one year my brother went and he was like 22 years old and they questioned him for like 13 hours because they they want to like press you into to not going in. Yeah, they want and they want that control. You, and they have to know. Which is essentially their... Their goal in all of this, the the bombing, the checkpoints, the military force, everything, they want the Palestinian people to recede and like give up the land. Mm-hmm. But these people are literally the most resilient. They don't back down bro. they're hard-headed. They're not gonna back down. They're gonna keep fighting, They're gonna keep letting people die because they're fighting a, the good fight of resistance. To occupation, so all of this is is just fear mongering and scare tactics to like I don't even know what they get out of questioning an American citizen for thirteen hours. Right. And I went to a protest, and there was this girl who told a story. She went to visit one summer, and she was nine years old. She was playing in the streets with her cousins, and then all of a sudden, she looks up, and her cousins are gone, and she's face down on the ground, and. Her cousins like went inside to get their aunt to tell her there was Israeli military outside and they had this nine-year-old girl in the ground. Like oh they gosh. had her boot on her and the aunt comes out and she's screaming like, she's American, she's American. She has her passport with her. She brings out her American passport and they like spared her. But if she wasn't American, then what? They would have right. just a nine-year-old? Right. For what, playing in the streets? They make curfews. I know that when I went... I was limited in my water use. I like if I showered every day, it would have to be like I have to turn off the water while I like wash my hair and stuff because I can't use too much water. Otherwise, we'll just run out. Run out. Jeez. And like I said, if we run out of water, we have to wait till they bring us more. Right. And you said in this was all in 2006, right? This was in 2006. Yes. Yes. And during that time, I remember hearing this sound and I was like, I've never heard anything like this before. And apparently Hezbollah, which is the, to my understanding, the military group out of Lebanon attacked the Israeli occupation force patrol and they took two prisoners of war. And in response to this, Israel bombed Lebanon. And because Lebanon borders Palestine, Mm. the sound that I heard was bombs going off. And then immediately after, the powers cut. Complete blackout. While you were there in Palestine. Yes. And I was six years old. The lady that I was with just went about whatever she was doing. She just, she was like, this happens all the time. All the time. You that's hear insane. Mocks and then your power gets cut. And she literally was so unfazed. And I was like, what the hell is. Yeah. Especially yeah. as like what a six-year-old. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa, I can't even believe that you're so chill right now. Like right. that's scary. Especially yeah. to live through all the time. If you can hear it from your window, then I mean, I personally would assume that they're coming for us. If it's that close, right? So like, it's it's scary. Like they, when they pay for people to go on birthright trips, it's so that they can instill the fear that Palestinians have of Israel in israelis in israelis so that they feel that fear for palestinians when really we're literally at a disadvantage literally yeah. we are at a constant disadvantage they have control of everything i mean they can so easily turn us away if if they wanted to like right. if if an israeli occupation force soldier is having a bad day and they just didn't want to let us go they could they have that control It's completely under their control and they're rolling. It's tyranny. Which is insane. It's insane. And for my mom to like, after traveling for so long and sitting in this, I'm telling you, the nastiest facility ever, dude. It is so gross in there. If There's one thing I remember. It smells Mm. and it's hot. Mm. And they do this on purpose so that people are deterred from entering. Yeah. And
0: I can only imagine... If that was two thousand six, what's been going on since then? And given the state that everything's in now, what it's at now. Well, thank you for sharing that experience that you had. And hopefully that puts it into perspective that this shit is real. And that was two thousand six. So this isn't anything new or anything. And it's not getting any better. Yeah. So. And it's it's nothing un unprovoked. Mm-hmm. Is that a word I'm looking for? It's 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 not new, okay. This yeah. isn't out of nowhere that this random shit is happening because it's been a thing for many years, as we know. So with that being said, after the real life example, now I feel like it's time to move into real life activism and what we can actually do as Americans. So after learning all of this and understanding what is going on, um, here are some things that we can do as Americans moving forward. Dania and I put this list together. So I'm gonna go ahead and list everything and then we'll talk about each one. So first You can contact government representatives to demand a ceasefire and lift the siege. You can educate yourself and others. You Mm -hmm. can attend a protest. You can join the boycott. You can adjust the language you use when talking about the topic. You can follow non-Western news
1: sources. And most importantly, do not stop talking about it. So That's right. So you can text ceasefire to 51905 again. Ceasefire to 51905. This will send a pre drafted email to your Congress members in 30 seconds. It literally, you send the text, and to my understanding, you give them your zip code and it writes you the email and you click send. But if you look into it further, there are many, many, many easy ways to contact your Congress members. I mean, you just put in your information and they. Have a template for you, and you just click send. It's that easy. I saw a girl on TikTok who called her senator, I believe, every single day. And she got the aid, the like assistant person, every single day. And she talked to her and she told her, Tell Senator whoever that I'm calling to let him know that he is supporting the bombing of babies and innocent women and children. So it's very easy to just be in contact with your Congress and harass them to let them know that innocent civilians are dying. They already know, but it's better if you let them know that you know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, and I think Daniel might have mentioned this already too, but I did it. I Somebody that I follow posted a link where you just put in your information and it sends it. So you don't, you're more than welcome to sit there and write your own email out, but you do not I have did. to. I, I know that you did, but there are ones that are drafted for you.
1: Same with calling. You can read a script when you call word for word. And it's that easy. It's that easy. So when you're educating yourself and others, you want to be sure not to tell them things that you're not fully aware of. So it's very important to educate yourself now more than ever, especially if you want to take the right stance and be on the right side of history, it's super, super important that we stop the spread of misinformation because the Western media is doing enough damage on its own that we do not need to be reading and consuming misinformation. So here are some terms that you can look up that will not lead you astray. If you look up what's going on in Palestine and Israel, it's definitely gonna give you like a skewed vision of what is being funded and promoted to be put first. I don't know if you guys know how Google works, but you can pay to have your link be the first one that comes up. It's basic marketing and it doesn't take a genius to do. So if you look up these terms to educate yourself, these are words that will not give you like the Western media side of things. So the first term is the nekba, which we discussed earlier. This is the Arabic word for catastrophe, which is the initial expulsion of the Palestinian people from their homes. Israeli apartheid, which is Israel creating an apartheid state, which is a division between the state of Palestine that they do not rightfully own. The Palestinian right of return, which is the idea that Palestinians have the right to fight back and defend itself because this is our land and this is where we belong. So we have the right to return and the great march of return. So if you look these terms up, they will kind of give you a better idea of what's going on without being as influenced by the Western media. Okay. Attending a protest is super easy. You get to make a super fun sign. You get to humiliate whoever you want because we have the freedom of speech. We have the right to assemble peacefully. We as Palestinians will not invoke violence on another group of people. So it's super important that you are on your best behavior at these protests. But you can, I'm pretty sure, look it up on Instagram and it's that easy. And you can find any protest anywhere, anytime. Mm -hmm. All right, joining the boycott. So there are a ton, unfortunately, there's a ton of brands that are owned by Zionists because they have the most money in the world you make a lot of money when you make a lot of war so here is a very long list of zina's own companies first up we got starbucks so howard schultz is the retired ceo of starbucks and chairman of star he's the chairman now and in 2012 he was the 354th richest person in the world with a net worth of $1.5 billion. And he, in 1998, Schultz was awarded the Israel 50th Anniversary Tribute Award from the Jerusalem Fund of Aish Hatora for playing a key role in promoting a close alliance between the United States and Israel. And earlier I read that he said, I want to thank you for making Starbucks the $6.4 billion global company it is today. This is in 2006. Every latte you drink at Starbucks is a contribution to the close alliance between the United States and Israel. In fact, it is, as I was assured when being honored with the Israel 50th Anniversary Friend of Zion Tribute Award, key to Israel's long term PR success. Your daily Frappuccino helps pay for student projects in North America and Israel, presenting them with the badly needed Israeli perspective of the Intifada, which is the uprising that we talked about earlier. He has cashed in his $17.5 million in stock options and still owns about 4% of the company. Anyways, yeah, so Howard Schultz is a Zionist Jew. He funds the IDF. Lots and lots of money. Every single latte that you drink and every frappuccino indirectly funds the genocide of native people. Okay, moving on. We have McDonald's, Disney Plus, which also owns Hulu. We have Kit Kat which is under the nestle brand the nestle brand as a whole is owned by zinus burger king which if y'all are eating at burger king please we do not want to be associated with mm. you. um we also have subway if you're eating at subway voluntarily please we have hardy's baskin robbins coca-cola sprite toblerone mars which is snickers and milky ways and all those chocolate bars oh here we have snickers and twit fanta Pringles, the CeraVe company, Revlon, L'Oreal, Gillette, Fiverr, Wix, which is a website maker. Don't use Wix. Tide, Dove, Ariel, which I don't know that they have here. I've never seen it here, but I do know I've seen it like overseas. Johnson Johnson products, HP and Intel is what I have here. That's like um, everything. So I do understand how I look your taxpayer dollars are funding genocide. So like, regardless, against your will or not, like we're funding genocide. Right. It's Mm -hmm. it's the unfortunate truth. It is a lot. So I do understand if boycotting is not your like preferred method of like supporting Palestine, I get it. We live in America. So it's already baseline, very, very difficult. Even if you were to cut out like all of these brands, there are also a lot of makeup brands. Like I know Mac is Zionist owned, Dermalogica is Zionist owned. There are a lot, a lot of makeup brands. And like I said, living in America, it's super hard to do, but Disney stocks are down, McDonald's stocks are down, Starbucks stocks are down. You gotta hit them where it hurts. Even if it's short term, even if it's long term, whatever, like it's not like stopping buying a cup of coffee at Starbucks is going to all of a sudden turn them non-Zionist. They're going to be Zionist forever. It's just the fact that right now they're actively killing people. So short term, long term, not at all. Some companies, not all companies, whatever. Do what makes you feel Like, you're supporting. You know, do whatever makes you feel right. Yeah, again, this is just
0: another option. Like we said, we've listed just things we can do. This is something we can do. Did something come out of, like, listing? of Like, how? Yeah. Do these, like, CEOs just say, like, or whoever, like, I'm Zionist?
1: Like, I guess they're... Girl, they find so much pride in being a zionist the girl that i was telling Insane. you about earlier who was like on the phone with her senator or whatever yeah she was talking to the assistant and like right before she got off the phone she was like you are literally endorsing killing children i hope that makes you happy and the lady was like it does hung up the phone so like they don't care bro they're oh not gosh. even trying to hide it no and like the fact that that exists doesn't sit right so actually ben and jerry the ice cream company they had opened up an ice cream shop in tel aviv which is occupied territory okay and everybody was like ben and jerry's you just opened up an ice cream shop in occupied land and like this is reinforcing that what they're doing is okay and blah blah blah, and whatever and then ben and jerry's like we're shutting this shit down We're shutting the store down. We are removing our store from occupied land. We do not support this. So Ben and Jerry, they are Falestini through and through. Okay. Palestinian pint of ice cream. We support Ben and we support Jerry and we take them in as our own. They've always been with the shits. They've always been with the shits. Yeah. So anyways, support Ben and Jerry. slay,
0: And local businesses over these. Yes.
1: Yes. Awful. Oh, phil's coffee palestinian owned phil jabber jabber yeah phil jabber is palestinian palestinian owned cup of coffee slay support local support your local businesses so yes boycott support local next what do we have adjust the language you use when talking about the topic okay so historically this has been referred to as the israeli-palestinian conflict because there are conflicting sides there are conflicting conflicting beliefs then when all of this started we called it a war between palestine and israel and it's a very intuitive that we adjust the way we speak about the topic because this is not a war this is not a conflict this is genocide this is ethnic cleansing this is the death of innocent civilians men women and children so when you talk about it if you say the words war it makes it feel like the sides are equal we're not on an equal scale here we're a first world country Mm -hmm. versus a third world country we are Tanks made in the USA versus bombs made in the basement. This is not a war. This is not a conflict. There's no conflicting sides. They're killing people and you need to let people know. They're killing people with the purpose of getting rid of them. They don't care. They don't value human lives. They don't value any life, really. They're letting animals starve. They're letting children die. They're bombing hospitals. They're bombing refugee camps. Like, they don't care. Don't talk about it like it's some equal level playing field when it's not. We're at a constant disadvantage. We have been for years. We have nobody standing behind us. We have nobody defending us except for Hamas. And now Hamas has this big sticker slapped right on top terrorists. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about it, and you should be sure to emphasize that this is genocide. This is the killing of innocent civilians. This is not war. There are no conflicting sides. There's no one side or the other. There's no I stand with both sides. This is genocide. So either you stand on the side of supporting genocide or you stand on the side of not supporting genocide and you stand with the fact that innocent civilians are dying as a result of an ethnic cleansing. This also goes into when posting on Instagram, changing the characters and stuff when talking about it. If you use the words Palestine, if you use the words genocide, if you use the words ethnic cleansing. If you use the word Israel, if you use the word Gaza, if you refer to any like trigger words on the topic, they will immediately flag you and they will shadow ban you. While we do have freedom of speech, unfortunately, um, they're limiting that right, which is against the constitution which is crazy when you think about it in retrospect but we do have a lot more freedoms of speech and rights than they do in the middle east let alone in the european union or anybody speaking out on the topic there are people in the west bank being arrested for just liking pro-palestine posts just liking not making their own posts just liking the pro-palestine post they're being arrested then they're being tortured Everybody who's pro-palestine to these people are considered agitators, aggressors, and resistors. So they they think that it's fine to just swoop in and arrest them because they have the potential to start an uprising. So use your platform logically, tactfully, and change the way that you talk about these things. I usually like change the characters. like I make the like the n will have like the little n yeah and, I just like click down on the letters and then it gives me a bunch of foreign letter options so that it's not as easily flagged, but everybody's being shadow banned. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. It doesn't matter like who you are, private, public, you're shadow banned. Okay. So be very aware of this and you can change the characters in your words if you want to get your message across, stuff like that. Okay. So for non-Western news sources, we have... Al Jazeera, which is AJ plus on Instagram or aljazeera.com. This is one of the only news sources that is reporting on the Palestinian side of things. So the IDF, they targeted the news reporter's family and they killed his wife and children because he was reporting on what was happening in Gaza. And they also tried to like, completely get them taken out of there because they don't want people to know that's why they cut they cut communications they cut satellites so that there's nobody able to tell the world what's going on so they're being targeted by israel <laughs> they're probably a reliable news source and we have the middle east eye which is middle east eye.net and at middle east eye on instagram these are non-western news sources. There are Palestinian accounts on social media that you can follow on Instagram and Twitter and Kirsten will put them in the description. And then most importantly, do not stop talking about it. Like she has
0: said before, the last, maybe not the last time.
1: Not the last time, something something happened, in but
0: the past, in the past. This went on for 51 days. I would hate to see this go on any second longer so if the talking stops the more israel is
1: going to get away with things so yeah don't stop talking about it not even when it's over don't stop talking about it you have my permission to resume normal content but don't stop talking about it It is super important because it's bound to happen again. If the noise dies down, then they'll think that they got away with it. But I want everyone to know that there are two sides of things going on in Palestine. There's one side that's like, are people talking about us? Are they seeing what's going on? Are they seeing what's happening to us? Like, please let the world know. And there's another side that's like, from Palestine, we see your protests, We see your posts. We see you guys fighting for us. So you cannot stop fighting. You cannot stop talking about it. Talk to your coworkers about it. Educate your family members. Educate your grandparents. Educate your friends. Educate somebody you see in passing on the street. Don't get hate crimes, but talk to them about it. Don't stop talking about it. These people need us to talk about it. They need us to stop the spread of misinformation. They are begging us to see them. And know that they're innocent and they're fearing for their lives. We see you. We are here to amplify your voices. And don't ever let the noise die down. Free Palestine all the way.
0: Yes. And I think something that's important too, I think I saw you mention this on your Instagram story, but just to put into perspective a little more, is like, if we think back to growing up when we were learning about the Holocaust and we thought, how did how did people let this happen? Same thing right now. If you're not yeah. speaking up, you're letting this happen yeah um, so think about that when this is in the textbooks in the future and someone's asking how would you let this how how could we let this happen well yeah, you're, if you're anything like us you're not you're yeah t- you your don't silence want to your is yeah.
1: complicit in a genocide your kids 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 are gonna talk about this someday and you should be able to say i didn't let this happen i did everything i could to stop this i called members of congress i showed up to protest i did everything that i could to stop this from happening and they didn't hear us out because we are on the right side of history so exactly like- and
0: something else too is i feel like people could maybe get overwhelmed because i know at first when i was still a little uneducated not really doing anything i was just kind of like i like i also didn't know how i was expected to just like kind of do things every day and i don't think that's what like anyone is trying to get across either like no one wants to be down your throat saying like you know why are you watching a movie when you should be doing this because that's like to your life do what you do want with it but if it is accessible and to take two minutes out of your day to send an email that could save so many lives you know obviously not that one email you get what I'm saying but like speaking up is just so important in and it's all so aspects easy. and it's so it easy is- nowadays it's so accessible
1: so like living through a time where we're watching the spread of information happening so quickly like We see people in Palestine posting on TikTok live updates like this is what's going on. We're like I said before, we're watching a genocide on our phones like before bed. We're waking up to it. We're going to sleep to it. They didn't choose this life and it shouldn't be on all Arab people to sit here and educate others when they don't give a shit about what we say. They don't care. So if you could just take two minutes to like post a graphic and an educational graphic on your story to like let people know what's going on then you in turn have the potential to like save lives and get people on the right side of history And like I said don't fight with nobody I'm not going to be fighting yeah. with anybody so don't try to fight me on it because you you will automatically lose in my head okay don't try to fight me but It's so, so, so important that we as people who are going to take this stance have the necessary information to be able to like fight back and like argue with this pro-Israel stance because it's really, really messed up. It's really super messed up. Yeah. There's no human being who should be able to justify this in any way.
0: I took a history class at NC State and something, a term we talked about was slacktivism which is when you can post all day on Instagram, but it really doesn't do anything. But Mm -hmm. since then, I've realized just the spread of information, how important that is, Mm -hmm. the spread of correct information, educational information Mm -hmm. past the headline. But anyways, and like a minute ago, I was thinking, you know, when Daniel was saying conflicts been going on, things that have been going on for 70 years. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself, like, how is this the first time it's this big and we're hearing of it? Well, it's because of the access like the media and everything has today on spreading things like that so like of course we didn't hear it before but also now is the time where since it is spreading we can also spread the fight and like unfortunately I know you said like it's going to keep happening we know that but Mm -hmm. given like enough people speak up and demand an end for it all and demand what's right there's some hope
1: right I'll never forget when I in the last year probably. I asked somebody, do you know what Palestine is? And they were like, no. And I was like, no, like, you don't know at all. And they were like, no. And I was like, that's crazy. And then I like sat there and I like told them what happened. And then later on, I was like, I can't believe you didn't know what Palestine was. And they were like, how was I supposed to know? And I was like, they teach it in school. And they were like, I didn't learn about it in school. Yeah, know I people I, don't. I, I like couldn't I said, tell you.
0: Like, I knew Palestine was a place but I didn't know
1: like anything else besides that so then now for next time when this happens we'll have a bunch of people on our side and maybe it won't go on for 24 days and we'll be able to put an end to it before the death toll reaches 10,000 so that'll be awesome but growing up I was always people's first exposure to Palestine it was always where are you from I'm from Raleigh North Carolina Mm -hmm. where are you really from and I'd be like raleigh north carolina i was born here and they're like i refuse to answer the question until somebody properly asks me what's your nationality mm-hmm. if they ask me where my parents are from they're like michigan so yeah until somebody's like what's your nationality and then it's always like oh well i'm palestinian and they're like pakistan no palestine and they're like what's palestine always and i was always people's first exposure to that can you imagine like a fifth grader a right. sixth telling somebody about Palestine and then as you get older it's like people are more aware but at the same time it's like they only know Israel like I even remember somebody was like I can't find Palestine on the map and I'm like that's because it says Israel yeah they're trying they're trying to erase us and like white people rewrite history and this is in the interest of the white savior complex mm-hmm. that will just get rid of Palestine we will slap Israel right on top so that's just how it goes but we got we to gotta get everybody on the right side of history. It's very important. But yeah, with all of that
0: concluding and being said, I hope you have a purpose now as a listener, or if maybe you just came to listen to see the points of view, maybe you learned something new, maybe you knew everything, that's fine. Maybe you can take this episode and share it with someone who's willing to learn. Because again, that's the whole point. That's exactly why When Daniel brought it up to me about doing an episode of Palestine, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's educate the people. Like, right, that's one of the main things that we can do. And I hope that you take all this knowledge into perspective and move forward with motivation to do something and understand your purpose and the role that you play in all of this, even if you don't have a lineage to Palestine or Israel or anything that's happening overseas, you still have an impact. So, Dania, thank you again for coming on and sharing all of the knowledge that you have, sharing your personal life experiences, your life growing up as a Palestinian American, and all the things that we can do for
1: answering my questions, clarifying a bunch of different topics. Thank you again for coming on. Thanks for giving me this opportunity to educate people on the topic because my Instagram stories that you learned everything from are very limited to the people who follow me mm-hmm. so I'm very happy to be here and to have this platform to be able to hopefully make the ed- make the education process easier for somebody mm-hmm. and the information easier to digest yeah. for people who might not know. So yes. thank you for that. Thank you for having me. And it's been my pleasure to be here today.
0: If you, again, have any questions, um, I will be dropping Daniel's at in the description, then you can feel free to reach out. You can also reach out to me. I might have the answer for you, might not, but again, can always work together to find a solution. And thank you for tuning in and listening and- don't forget to follow Don't Wait Till Monday podcast on Instagram. And yeah, let's let's have a discussion. Let's talk about it. Repost this. Share it. Let us let us know what you're thinking. And hopefully after our activism and advocating, we can only see a brighter future from here. Oh yeah.